We're back on your most important NASCAR betting stop of the day. This is the Money Stop. He is Cole Cusimano. I'm Stephen Cusimano. And William Byron is back in victory lane, Cole. We kind of called this from the jump at last week's episode. I hope you were listening because he was my pick for the win. We talked about it. Podium finishes in every single intermediate race this year, except for the last one, which was an anomaly. We saw those three drivers separate themselves, Denny, Larson, Reddick, in the first round of the NASCAR playoffs. And we said the 24 team was that next team up. They were the one that had a very silently consistent first round. And we said it. They were going to come out, win this race, albeit there was a lot of I guess calamity at the end of it. You can make the argument Kyle Larson should have won. Bubba Wallace with an outstanding run probably could have ended up in victory lane. Uh, but it was William Byron's day. He was not to be denied in this race at Texas. And, and it was uh, an exciting finish for sure. And I'm sure with, we talked about this too last week, with the uncertainty that comes with Talladega this week and the Roval next week, there's just so much you know, relief that comes with winning that race at Texas for the 24 team. And they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, you know, every single race in the remainder of the season. They just get better with every round of the playoffs. It's a massive deal. And and, you, and specifically because you mentioned Kyle Larson, my pick for the win, who probably should have gotten the win. Um, he wrecked out in the closing laps, and now he's only two points above the cutoff going into um, one of his least favorite tracks on the circuit. So, a lot of unknowns between Talladega and the Roval coming up the week after, but this was a massive win for William Byron, the 24 team, win number six on the season. And truthfully, it was kind of like a microcosm of their entire season to this point. Like, realistically, should they have six wins? I don't think so. Maybe, maybe yeah, maybe not at, at those six tracks he won at, but I think this was just kind of fully displayed how his season's been all year. He's been able to capitalize on misfortunes of other drivers and and be there for the win. Regardless, though, he was running top five the entire day, top ten, and they just remained in the hunt and were there to, to, to pounce. And they that's sure enough, that's what they did. I thought overall it was a pretty solid Texas race, one of the better ones that we'd seen in quite some time, I would say. But at the same point, it was really hard to get a rhythm going with all the cautions and such. So um, I thought it was entertaining, at least. I think uh, the winner was definitely deserving in William Byron, like I said, top five for most of the race, and um, excellent job by you picking him for the win. Um, I think that was a really good analysis on your part, and honestly, our part. I, I, at one point during this race, with the, like 70 to go, we had like a bulk of the top 10 um, predicted, and there were not like drivers that you would typically think of when you go to Texas or at this point in the season. So overall, it was a really, really good day for us um, analytics wise and I'm really excited to bring this this positive momentum into Talladega because obviously there's not going to be as much method behind the madness and predicting the madness Talladega but I think just having that good mojo behind our backs these past three four weeks and um, I think that's a good thing going forward and it should be make for a good episode you know I agree and I was going to mention that actually up next was the fact that like you said, with 60, 70 to go, it was another money stop master class. I think that's kind of the bittersweet thing about the race was that sure we predicted the winner, uh, but there were a lot of our other bets, the top fives, top tens that kind of crashed and burned by the end of the race. Um, and, you know, it's a good thing that we got a gut check win this week in William Byron because we're going to Talladega now and this is uh, where, where gut checks are made to happen. So let's go through this top 10, at least 
how it ended up with Byron winning. Ross Chastain basically came out of nowhere and finished second in this play in this race. Bubba Wallace finished third. You would have thought that with his post-race interview, he would have wrecked and finished 33rd, but he finished in third, and that was a really strong day for that team in spite of uh, kind of what the temperament was afterwards. Fourth was Christopher Bell, another one of those very silently consistent teams that I kind of mentioned in the same air as the 24 team last week. Denny Hamlin, yet another top five. Uh, and then Kevin Harvick, sixth. Brad Keselowski, seventh. Daniel Suarez in eighth. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in ninth. And then Chase Briscoe rounded out the top 10. So I, I feel like that kind of summed it up pretty well. I don't want to kind of uh, reminisce too much on, on that Texas race because we've got a lot to get to here with Talladega. It's one of the most exciting tracks on the circuit. And as for our nickel or dime segment, if you just missed a couple weeks, we have moved this to social media because it's a, a visual segment. And uh, if you follow us on at the underscore money stop, I can assure you will not be disappointed with the paint schemes this week because we've got the best duo of paint schemes all year uh, representing Talladega Knights, Ryan Priest and Chase Briscoe rocking the Wonder Bread and Old Spice cars, just like Ricky Bobby and Cal Naughton Jr. and Talladega Knights. It's uh, like... Incredible. I think that's going to bring some really cool eyes to the sport, broader audience. I've loved all the social media content out of Stuart Haas Racing this week. Uh, but we're going to give you our dimes and our nickels on social media once that graphic drops at the underscore money stop. So one thing here I want to preface as we dig into Talladega here, Cole, is that we talked about it quite a bit over these first, what, five minutes or so. It's a lot of gut checks. It's going with your gut. We're going to talk about some numbers, but... I think especially when it comes to daily fantasy, you're going to want to take a good look at the starting lineup, which we're going to find out at 4.30 Eastern time on Saturday. But as we take it to the bank, Cole, let's discuss our favorites, our sleepers, and our value picks and dig into this here. Because as we look at the pre-qualifying odds per Sharplink Gaming and BetMGM, mind you, these will not change much after qualifying. The favorite to win the race is Brad Keselowski, plus 1,000. He's actually co-favorites with Denny Hamlin, which is very telling considering that Brad has not won a race yet this year. But then you've got co-favorites at the third highest odds, Joey Logano and Ryan Blaney. And Chase Elliott rounds out the top five at plus 1,400. Another guy that is still searching for his first win of the season this week. And uh, you got a lot of hungry drivers out there, Cole. Like, you think about the guys in the playoffs, you think about the unsuspecting names that don't have wins like Chase Elliott. This is going to be a, a crazy race as it always is in the playoffs, but let's get, get into it here. Give me your favorites going into Talladega. Yeah. So first off, I just want to say um, as a bit of a preface for myself, um, we talked about it last time at Daytona. Three big rules for this one is to not to bet big, go with your gut and have fun. However, this is the final race of the 2023 season where you could really capitalize on your winnings. Case in point, favorites Brad Keselowski, Denny Hamlin at plus 1,000 for the win. So you got to go all in for this. If you have, you have a really good hunch about a winner going into this weekend or even after qualifying, which, as you mentioned, won't shift the odds that much, uh, throw 20 bucks on your the guy you think is going to win and then maybe 10 bucks on two other drivers who you feel good about. But I think, like I said, this is the last real week for you to capitalize and make a lot of money. And uh, don't let it go to waste. So with that, I think how I want to approach the favorites category for this week, obviously we're, we're going to give our personal favorites, sleepers, and values. You'll have your own opinions. But I think if we have the same favorites or sleepers, we'll kind of 
um, agree, or then if we don't agree, we'll throw in some other names. But I think we're both in agreements here with the, the two drivers that we think are the definitive favorites. I'll give my first one, and that's going to be Brad Keselowski. Obviously, the definitive favorite going in, he's the most expensive driver in DFS at $10,500 for a reason. And I think what we've seen from the regular season finale to the playoffs at this point has been amounting to a Brad Keselowski win at Talladega. And I'll tell you why. Going back to the regular season finale at Daytona, he's finished top 10 in every single race. And he is the only driver with that five-race top 10 streak to this point. He's also the only driver with top 10s in every single playoff race to this point. So he has been extremely consistent since the end of the season, the regular season, that is. And you look at his his numbers at Talladega. Obviously, we, we go through it a million times every year. Six wins, boatload of laps led. And just the way he navigates these drafting tracks is otherworldly, unless your name is a Gordon or Earnhardt. But looking at this year specifically, he has a 7.4 average between five drafting tracks, the only outlier being the Daytona 500, where he finished 22nd and led the most laps in that race. In those other four races, he was running within the top six by the time the race concluded, and in the two races that ended under the green flag, Brad Keselowski finished runner-up. The last race that they raced at for a, a drafting track was obviously Daytona, he finished runner-up, pushed his teammate Chris Butcher to the win. I fully expect Brad Keselowski to be a contender for this win and the winner leaving Talladega. Um, by far and away my favorite. I think probably your favorite as well, but I, I love Bad Brad for uh, this week at Talladega. Yeah, when we were discussing over text, uh, kind of going through the names of who we wanted to put on this outline, I immediately, without even thinking about it, typed in B-R-A-D, Brad, because like, how do you not pick Brad? I I'm not even going to dive much more into it because you you said everything that needs to be said. I mean, <laughs> it would be a shock if he doesn't hold true to those numbers, continuing the top 10 streak, the top five streak. There would have to be something catastrophic that happens that uh, doesn't let that hold true. Uh, before we dig further into these, Cole, though, I want to just say one very important piece of betting advice for drafting tracks, especially Talladega. If you're somebody, and if there's one thing you listen to this entire podcast this is it, because you mentioned throw 20 bucks on your favorite driver, uh, the one that you have a good gut feeling about at Talladega. Very important betting advice for these types of tracks is if you're somebody that always uses the same sports book, let's say you're always a bet MGM person, you're always a DraftKings person, FanDuel, you name it, it's very important to look at where the value lies in the sports books based on the driver you like. And I'm going to use Chris Busher as an example, because on bet MGM, which was the the odds we just went through, you got Chris Buescher as the seventh most, uh, seventh highest driver in the odds, plus 1,600. Then you go over to DraftKings, he is the third highest driver in the odds at plus 1,200. So I caution you to, before you place that bet, look at all of the main sports books. Look at Barstool, every single one of them, and find the best value because they're going to be changing all week. And you don't want to, you know, if you're going to put 20 bucks on Chris Buescher for the win, you want to make sure you're getting the most bang for your buck. So I just want to say that before we dive into all of the numbers and everything, because it's very important betting advice that we haven't actually discussed a lot here. But, you know, generally, you're going to get different lines from different sports books, especially at wild card races like Talladega. So that's very important to keep an eye on. Uh, but Cole, as I discussed our brief interaction over text on favorites this week, 
right after I typed in Brad, I typed in Blaney. Blaney is the other guy that I think of when we go to super speedways like Talladega. He's got two wins here, the last coming in 2020, plus 1,200 for the win and 10,200 in Daily Fantasy, which is the second highest odds. Those two guys, man, are the two surest things. You talked about the streaks for Brad uh, and how strong RFK has looked recently. Uh, for Ryan Blaney, specifically this year at the drafting races, top nine in four out of five of them with 77 laps led, and he led the most laps and finished second at Talladega this year. So Blaney, I feel, is due. You know, he got the win out of the way earlier this year. Uh, I really just feel that at Talladega, he's due because he's a guy that has always, from day one in the Cup Series and beyond, had a knack for restrictor plate racing, turned super speedway racing, Regardless of the changes in cars and teams and drivers, he in that 12 car, and even when he was back in the 21 car for Wood Brothers Racing, Ryan Blaney just had such a great natural feel for this, and that's what we're going off of here. You know, I, we talk a little bit about those numbers, but it's all about the feel. You talked about the, the Earnhardts and the feel that they had. I mean, it's just something that when I talk about Talladega, I'm thinking of Brad, and I'm thinking of Blaney. Yeah, and it it's really doesn't get much simpler than that. I would be very surprised if one of these two drivers does not win on Sunday. Brian Blaney also has runner-ups in the past two Talladega races, so um, obviously you don't want to get too caught up in the stats, but that's pretty um, pretty damn good when you think about it. And speaking on the playoffs for a second, Ryan Blaney's somebody that wrecked last week at Texas, and I think that this, he has to be thinking this is his only shot at making the next round. Let's be honest here. And, and he's sitting 11 points out. I, Brad Keselowski is plus eight, seventh in inside the round of eight right now. So I think these are two drivers that, regardless of their possession in the standings, they're going to go all out for the win. They're not going to have to worry about hanging out back like Kyle Larson, who's plus two, and um, you know manage the car to, to just finish the day. These are two guys that are going to go out there, challenge for the win, and likely get it done. So... I think that those are uh, the two best options out there. And for a track like Talladega, where there are very seldom sure things, I think these are two drivers that, regardless of how they're doing in the season or whatever, where whatever point they're at in their careers, they're going to show up at Talladega. And if you don't feel comfortable enough to bet them for the win, which I think would be silly, um, I think you're looking at those two guys as definite top five locks for big money bets. Uh, kind of foreshadowing what, what I might say later on, but um, I think regardless, if you don't want to bet them for the win, top fives are almost automatic for these two drivers. As we kick it into the sleepers category, Cole, this is where we get the true gut checks because we talk about two sure things for the favorites. It doesn't get much more sure than Brad and Blaney, but for our sleepers, you and I went different directions here on a couple guys that we just have a good hunch about, and my first of those is Christopher Bell, I discussed it last week on our episode, the fact that those, not to sound like a broken record here, but there was those drivers that had a really good first round, um, and I kind of felt that Christopher Bell was like fourth or fifth in my kind of playoff power rankings coming out of the round of 16, and they put up another good result, a top five in uh, Texas, another team that knows they need to have a good result. I just have a good hunch about Christopher Bell and the 20 team this week. They also feel due for a win. They've put such great speed on the track all year. And I would say maybe them more than any team, their results have not matched their speed all season. But I think they're starting to turn it up at the right time and peaking at the right time here in this playoffs stretch. I uh, finished eighth here in the spring, also third in the Daytona 500. 
and first Atlanta race as well. He finished third. So with Christopher Bell, he's not a guy that I necessarily think of at the drafting tracks, but the results have been there recently, which is interesting to me because the speed's been there all year. The results haven't, but at the drafting tracks this year, he's had a really good track record. Three race top 10 streak in the playoffs as well, and back-to-back top fives. Again, it's just a team that, in a very similar era to how I talked about Willie B last week, they seem to be peaking in, into form at the perfect time, halfway through the playoffs. They know they got to have a good run. I'm a big fan of Seabells this week, and then my gut check of all gut checks this week might be Kevin Harvick. You talk about a guy that's due, and I've used that word three times already because there's a lot of those guys in the field. Kevin Harvick's got father time running out here. He's got six races left in his full-time Cup Series career. He is valued at plus 3000 for the win. Seabell, I forgot to mention, was plus 220 and 13th highest price in DFS, 8300 for Bell. Uh, and then Harvick is the 20th highest priced driver, 7300 in Daily Fantasy. They call him the closer for a good reason. You know, he just has a knack for, over the course of his career, being in the top five, somewhere in the mix, when it matters at these kinds of tracks. He's only got one win at Talladega. It was in 2010, so you're talking almost 15 years since the last one. Finished 21st in the spring, but led 11 laps. And Harvick in the regular season finale finished 9th at Daytona, which was his best drafting finish this season. I just feel like he's looked pretty sporty at these tracks when we've been there this year. But this isn't about the numbers for me. This is about Kevin Harvick and the clock running out on his Cup Series career. I don't have a lot of numbers to back this up. I just gave you a few. But for Kevin Harvick, you know, the speed as a whole with Stuart Haas Racing hasn't really been there all year. You've seen glimpses of what can be encouraging, but I feel that Kevin Harvick's another guy, especially now that he's not in the playoffs. You look at the six remaining races, obviously Phoenix sticks out, but that's the the finale where you're probably going to see one of the championship four drivers win. You got to think that next up on that totem pole for Kevin Harvick he sees Talladega as that wild card in a season that's not gone how they would have hoped that this could definitely be a week that that team ends up in victory lane. So a couple gut checks for me and Seabell and Harvick. I got a little bit more to back up Seabell uh, in terms of numbers, but it's more of a gut check with with the, the four team and Harvick. Yeah, Bell has definitely been on a heater as of late. Uh, great pick. And then I think I'm happy you brought up Harvick because he was another guy that I... I don't think I was going to pick him for a, a sleeper, but he was definitely on my radar as someone who I think is going to have a good finish. And that's, I mean, that's kind of all you're looking for is a good finish at a Talladega. I think whenever we go to this drafting track specifically, he's always in the hunt for a top 10. He'll lead laps, run around the back half the top 10, top 15, and, and usually squeak out a quality finish. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. Um, again, it's what you hope for when you when you pick him for DFS or for uh, any prop bets. But I think uh, he's someone that gets around this track very well. And just speaking again on his retirement and following this year, this is definitely his best option at, at picking up a win before he hangs it up. So uh, I do like Kevin Harvick. And kind of in that same vein, uh, my gut check is someone who is also in that same boat in regards to uh, potentially retiring, and that's going to be Eric Amarola also in the Ford stable, he is plus 2,200, like your pick, Christopher Bell, and he is the 19th most expensive driver in DFS at $7,500. So, by the way, both Almirola and Harvick could be seen as value picks. Anyway, uh, Almirola also has one win at Talladega back in 2018, so more recently than Kevin Harvick. Um, he finished 22nd in the spring, so again, two extremely similar drivers when we're comparing the two. And he has no finish better than 13th in his last six starts at Talladega, though. So that's something to keep an eye on. 
Um, and I will say this, though. He started off very slow on the drafting tracks this season. Average finish of, of 24.3 in those first three starts. But since then, he's got a pole Atlanta where he led the most laps. And he finished third at Daytona for the regular season finale. And he has uh, 93 laps led between the five drafting tracks this year. That gives me hope in itself um, from a DFS perspective. But I think just kind of going along with a gut call, I feel like Amarola's similar to Harvick. So someone that I always think of that runs in the top 10, near that top 15, and just kind of squeaks out a quality finish towards the end. And um, I, I think Amarola will have a strong showing once again on Sunday. And then for my uh, my other sleeper and gut check, I'm going to go with last week's runner-up in Ross Chastain, who is plus 2,500 for the race win and the 10th most expensive driver at $8,800. I think Ross Chastain is an interesting one because obviously he he got the runner-up last week, but he also finished top five at Darlington. But he's been very hit or miss and kind of hard to read in the playoffs so far. Again, you can't really take much stock into that going to Talladega, but I just think he's someone that he's plus 12 above the cutoff right now, and he's another one of those drivers like Brad Keselowski, who's not going to lay down when it comes to these chaotic events and, and the playoffs, and he's someone that gets around these tracks fairly well, got a best finish of ninth on drafting tracks this year in, in the Daytona 500, but he also won at Talladega last year in 2022, so I think he's definitely someone that's going to be worth keeping an eye on. Uh, also finished top five in both Talladega races last year, by the way. 23rd this year. Um, I just think more of a gut check than any anything. Not as much confidence as uh, Eric Amarola. But also one thing to note, as we uh, have not mentioned many Chevrolets. Actually, he's the first Chevrolet we've mentioned in this episode. Uh, Chevy's won the last three races at Talladega. So definitely uh, worth uh, mentioning there for sure. Those are kind of our gut checks. There are sleepers, Cole, and I'm a big fan of both of those guys as well. Uh, in general, you can kind of tell I'm, I'm de definitely leading the Fords this week. I feel like we've talked about this at every drafting track, but every driver I've mentioned has been a Ford. I, I like that we have we're kind of on the same wavelength here. Uh, we're going to go to our value picks here, and I feel like the value picks is almost a moot point in uh, a race like Talladega. It's almost like deep sleepers. You've got favorites. You've got sleepers. You've got deep sleepers because we just talked about a couple guys there in Harvick and uh, Ross Chastain and Almirola that are, sure, they're they're very good values, you know, and you're going to find some values in the guys we mentioned here, but they're just deeper sleepers for the win than those four guys we mentioned. So it's kind of like a little bit different, um, but these are a little bit just digging deeper here. So as we discuss these deep sleepers slash value picks, a guy I think of when we go to these kinds of tracks certainly is Justin Haley, who is plus 5,000 for the win. 6,000 in daily fantasy seems like a steal at a 29th most expensive driver. Uh, finished 19th here in the spring. Best finish of 11th at Talladega with only four laps led. However, we've seen the success in the Xfinity series in these types of races. We've seen the win at Daytona early in his career. Best finish of 8th on drafting tracks this year with the other four being 19th or worse. So there's a little bit of volatility here. The only kind of cause for concern with me other than the inconsistency this season is that this is also Justin Haley's last run in that 31 car for Colleg Racing. And me as someone who, you know, is not around the sport every single day, I don't know how the momentum is with that team. Are they just kind of riding it out? Are they a team that's really motivated to get one last win as a whole? That I don't necessarily know, but I feel like that's something that kind of creeps into my mind when I think of Justin Haley this week. 
But again, just a really good value, plus 5,000 for a guy that has a super speedway win and 6,000 in daily fantasy. If you happen to pick all expensive drivers in your lineup, that's a really good dart throw for you in, in Haley. Uh, and as I stick with the Ford stable now, I'm going to go to Austin Sindrick because we mentioned, uh, I, men- I mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, Ryan Blaney. We haven't discussed Joey Logano, but another Penske Ford is Sindrick, who's another guy I think of at these kinds of tracks. And I think he's criminally undervalued this week at plus 3,000 for the win, 6,800 in daily fantasy. I know it's not the season they've wanted, but Penske has just had such a great knack for the, the super speedways over the last few years, including this one. For Sindrick, though, placed 26th in the spring at Talladega, best finish of 9th, which was in this race last year, a best finish of 11th on drafting tracks this season. So I feel like that team's just due for a top 10 at a super speedway like Talladega. Finished 27th last week at Texas, and that was his best finish over the last five races. So this is as much of a gut check as anything because that team's not hot. They're not trending in the right direction in any way, shape, or form. But you know what? A lot of times, that's the kind of team that wins at Talladega. It's the one that you least expect. You know, you're not going to get, you're not going to make all your money by by making the obvious decisions. And that's why I pick in this deep sleeper values here. I kind of think of two guys that aren't trending in the right direction. But if they're hanging around in the top five with five laps to go, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, for sure. And um, speaking on Haley for a second, I uh, I, I don't share as much optimism as you uh, in, in the same vein as like. Um, it's their last season, last few races with Colleague. You don't really know how the synergy is and all that stuff. So that was the only reason I didn't um, gravitate towards him on top of obviously researching and seeing all of his uh, stats from those types of tracks this year. Um, but I, I did agree on Centric. I was going to throw him in there um, if you did not mention him. I think uh, we've mentioned it time and time again, his ability to navigate uh, the draft and such. I think he's a great drafter, a uh, great pusher. And um, I think that he is sort of due for a good finish. I mean, you look at the, the stat line the past five races, 27th or worse, that's just really, really brutal. And um, I think that he'll be due for a good day. Usually the, the fast fast teammates and, and the uh, the Fords do well in the, at Talladega and the drafting track. So um, I think it would be a surprise if he finished 27th or worse once again. But it is Talladega, so you never know. As for my value picks, I went with uh, with one of my gut checks and one that's more so um, looking at it from a statistical perspective, and that's going to be Eric Jones, who I feel like has lived in this value picks category the last four weeks, and uh, we, we've seen both ends of the spectrum. He's either going to get you a top five or a, a pretty crappy finish, but uh, I think in regards to this week, we should be due for another uh, a, a quality outing from Eric Jones, who is plus 3,000 for the win. And 7800 for DFS, which is the 17th most expensive. So more on the high-end side of drivers that we've actually previously mentioned, like Kevin Harvick and Eric Amarola. But he's finished 6th in his last three races at Talladega, uh, top 10 in the last four races at Talladega on top of that. So really, really consistent and over 60 laps led between those four races. So uh, just somebody who's gotten around this track very well. And again, someone who's kind of like Eric Amarola and Kevin Harvick, I feel, is always in the mix towards the end in that top 10. So look for Eric Jones to be a really solid DFS driver. And then for my final gut call of the of the, the show, I'm going to go with Cal Naughton in Chase Briscoe, valued at plus 3,500 for the win and 6,500 for DFS as the 26th most expensive driver. I just love what I've seen from Chase so far uh, this week. He's been playing into the Talladega Knights hype so much. It's like he's been waiting for this moment. 
his entire career. And it's funny to, to like see how he's played into it and how he's reacted. It just seems like he's in a, a really good spot, which sounds weird, but I think it uh, it'll make him go a little faster on Sunday. <laughs> um, he did finish a career best fourth this spring at uh, Talladega, and it was his best drafting track finish in 2023 by far. He did start from the pole and lead the most laps by a significant margin in the regular season finale at Daytona, so that's something to keep in mind. He's definitely looked better as of late on the drafting tracks, but not anything to write home about. Um, and then he also scored his first top 10 in six weeks, this prior race at Texas, so definitely some positive momentum. I think there's a, a good air surrounding him and the team with the, the Talladega Knights uh, pairing and his top 10 last week, so... I just think Chase Briscoe is a gut check more than anything, but I think the uh, the Cal Naughton vibe is going to reign supreme for that team uh, coming out at Talladega. I feel really good about that too, and I love both of your picks there. I almost like them more than my picks. I'm, like, There's just so many drivers I have a good feeling about this week, and we talk about this all the time with the super speedway races. We have our thoughts now as we talk about this on Thursday, but... We're going to wake up on Sunday morning, and we're going to have a completely different gut feeling than the one we have right now. It just happens at every Super Speedway event, uh, so go with your gut. And I'll I'll probably tweet out the driver that I wake up on Sunday with a good gut feeling about. Um, and I just want to take a moment here, because we just discussed our 12 drivers. This is like the antithesis of every other Money Stop episode. We didn't mention a single Hendrick Motorsports driver, but we mentioned three out of four Stuart Haas racing cars. I mean, that that puts it into perspective how much of a wild card this race is. It also puts in perspective how high we are on the Fords this week. And as we look at, our, you know, trying to get in this down to six drivers, Cole, one from each of those three categories, I'm going to keep this pretty simple. I'm going with Blaney as my favorite, Seabell as my sleeper, and then Austin Sindrick as my deep sleeper. Awesome. Yeah, mine are all going to be Gut checks, uh, favorites got to be obviously Brad Keselowski. Sleeper is going to be Eric Amarola, and then value picks going to be Cal Naughton, Chase Briscoe. Let's talk big money bets here, Cole. It's tough to, we I think we talked about this last time we were at Daytona too, but it's tough to really uh, pick big money bets at any kind of a drafting track because it's just such a wild card, and especially a track like Talladega. Like there's a little bit of a method to the madness at Daytona and Atlanta, places like that, but at Talladega, it is a complete free-for-all pretty much. So I, I don't want to put that much confidence behind any of these picks, but I think we talk about big money bets, and if you're new to the show, this is where we talk about our favorite prop bets, where you can feel better about placing a higher sum of money on these bets as opposed to a race winner pick or something. And these are types of bets where you're minimizing risk. You want to pick drivers and teams that you feel very confidently are going to place in the top five or the top ten. We'll get into match bets as well, but... I think the only drivers I'm really comfortable placing a big money bet per se on are the two short things we talked about. That's Brad Keselowski and Ryan Blaney. Like everyone else we mentioned, like there's certainly maybe some value in the gut checks we mentioned, the guys like Eric Almarola or Austin Sindrick, drivers from those stables that we know historically, especially recently, have been great at drafting and, and keeping the nose clean, getting through big wrecks. Uh, and just finding a way up front within five or 10 laps to go. There's certainly some value with those kinds of drivers to finish top five and top 10, but I like to minimize risk. I'm thinking of top fives for plus 140 for Brad Keselowski and Ryan Blaney. I think that's a really solid bet. And as you go to top tens, again, there's nothing I'm putting too much of a staple of confidence behind. Um, you know, you talk about some of the drivers that we mentioned 
like Justin Haley, like uh, we didn't talk a whole lot about him, but Michael McDowell is a guy that I really respect these types of tracks. Um, you know, that's where the kind of the value lies for top 10 bets. Like you always see, it, it happens at every Talladega race. There's three or four drivers that wind up in the top 10 that ran 30th or lower the entire day. So like you can kind of pick, play a little game of roulette and pick a random driver to finish in the top 10 and there might be a value there. I know that's not great advice, but we're going to recap the top 10 a week from tonight and say, how did BJ McLeod finish in the top 10? You know, it's just, that's just how it's going to be. Like if you have a good feeling, you wake up with a, a good feeling about a certain driver, go for it. But I, I'm not putting a whole lot of confidence behind my big money bets this week. Yeah, that was perfectly said. The only big money bets I advocate for are uh, Brad Keselowski and Brian Blaney to finish top five. Again, Keselowski was plus 250. Ryan Blaney was plus 275. But uh, on top of that, just whoever your your winner pick is or your gut calls for them to finish um, in the top five, that would also be my only recommendation because no matter what, the top five props are all above even. And if you feel that strongly that one of these drivers is going to win the race or come close to winning the race in a photo finish maybe, um, I would definitely throw uh, some money on a, the, the finisher prop just to be safe because I think you mentioned this last episode at, at Daytona. If Brad Keselowski misses the win by seven thousandths of a second to whatever, Ryan Blaney, and you don't even pick Ryan Blaney, you're going to be pissed off. So I would I would just say go for uh, – an insurance bet with the, with the top five of your pick for the win. Yeah, I like that. I mean, again, we discussed that at Daytona. I'm glad you resurfaced it, but that's the best big money, or I guess just prop betting advice I can give for this week, and we're on the same page about it. As we look at match bets, Cole, these are parlayable drivers that you can go head-to-head with. Obviously, on that note, we're not going to put a whole lot of confidence behind these, but I'm just going to give the, the driver duos and you know, it's one of those things where you might just have a pretty good gut feeling. Again, that's that's the theme of this week and this episode is you might have a gut feeling. Ross Chastain against Martin Truex Jr., uh, Kyle Larson versus Brad Keselowski, Bubba Wallace versus Tyler Reddick, Chris Buescher versus Christopher Bell, and Ryan Blaney versus Kyle Busch. I mean, there's some pretty solid, you know, there's a lot of drivers there that we have discussed going up against drivers that we have not discussed. So, like, based on where our mind lies and where our gut is, you know, you might look at a guy like Ryan Blaney to, you know, best Kyle Busch and a Christopher Bell over a Chris Busher and a guy like Brad Keselowski over Kyle Larson, because those are all guys we mentioned. And, you know, you could think about putting it together. I just think that there's better bets out there this week. And when you have values like plus 1000 or longer for every single driver in the field to win the race, you're better served to do that this week. You know, there's better weeks for the match bets. This is not one of those that I recommend unless again you've got some psychic intuition yep i completely agree i think um when you go to daytona and talladega you're only looking at the race winner bets pretty much because that's where you can make your most money and then um outside of that if you want to do the insurance top five top three prop bets and then uh, i'd also recommend dfs lineups worth looking at as well just because it can really really go anyway and if you go with your gut it's it's fun to kind of watch how it plays out but i think for any drafting track it's it's race winner bets or nothing pretty much let's dig into our dfs uh lineups here cole usually you and i collaborate on one but as this is again theme of it being go with your gut we each made our own dfs lineups i'll say mine first because i'm already speaking about it Uh, i liked the idea of 
pinning our two sure things together to anchor my lineup because you're not really concerned with the budget when you go to a place like Talladega. There's just so many great values up and down the field. I led off my lineup with the two most expensive dryers, Brad Keselowski and Ryan Blaney, 10500 and 10200 uh, And then I, I put in a, plugged in a few of our sleepers there. Austin Sindrick, 6800 Eric Jones at 7800 Kevin Harvick, who was my gut check call at 7300 And then, again, another guy I haven't discussed a lot, but he's having a career season, has a great ability at these kinds of tracks, and that's Michael McDowell, who was valued at 7100 in Daily Fantasy. So, again... You're not going to feel great about any lineup at Talladega. Like, there's going to be drivers like Brennan Poole who end up being good values when you're looking at when it's all said and done. But I definitely want to caution with DFS to like when we go to track like Talladega, I'm taking the starting position into account more than anything. Like, we're going to look at the qualifying positions after Saturday. And I basically want all drivers that are starting 20th or deeper in the pack because you know that there's that ability to make up the ground in literally a a matter of laps. Like, you're not concerned with starting position at Talladega. You can't control any misfortune or wrecks that happen in front of a certain driver, Uh, obviously, unless there's a big one early in the race, which typically is not the way it goes. It'll usually happen in stage three. But again, that's not something you can predict. So I'm looking, those those are the drivers I put into my lineup right now. But, you know, I'm going to look at the starting lineup before I lock anything in this week. You want to pick drivers that are going to maximize your possibility of getting points. A guy that might go out there, lead a ton of laps, like, you know, someone who's starting on the front row that can keep the nose up front the entire day. And then you're going to mix in some drivers that are all, you know, have a lot of place differential upside. Yeah, no, that's perfect advice, I think, in saying to keep an eye on qualifying, which is obviously imperative any week that we do DFS lineups. But I think for Talladega specifically, when you look at where certain drivers qualify and they're you think take into account their pedigree on these tracks and their ability to to kind of push or lead or whatnot, um, there's no more important track than Daytona or Talladega or Atlanta now uh, for, uh, for doing that for DFS. But for me, uh, I'm going to keep it short too because... We had four of the same drivers in Brad, Blaney, Eric Jones, Kevin Harvick. I just went with with my two gut calls for the sleeper and the value pick in Eric Amarola and Chase Briscoe. Again, as you mentioned, everyone's lineups are going to look completely different. It's going to be who you think is going to do well in this race. Um, the, the good thing is you can throw in pretty much all of your gut calls for this weekend because the values are so all, all over the place that you can include multiple aces, multiple sleepers and and multiple values and you could feel pretty solid going into it but um yeah i I think it's pretty cut and dry how we uh, approach dfs or how you should approach dfs for drafting tracks well cole we've talked this entire episode about intuition that's the theme of talladega that's the theme at any drafting track but especially talladega uh and as we head into the weekend again Things are going to change. Stay tuned to at the underscore money stop for any developing stories, starting lineups uh, and qualifying positions that might be good values in fantasy. uh, And, you know, the way that certain things might change entering Sunday, all important stuff to, to take into consideration along with what we've discussed here. But let's dig into it here. Our race winner picks. And again, we talked about it at the beginning of the episode, Cole. I picked William Byron for the win after a little bit of a let down in the round of 16. I mean, it was it was solid. We were, you know, praising it last week. In fact, he was one of the top five drivers, just very consistent. Picked him for the win. And now we go to Talladega, where it's, it's a lot more difficult to pick a winner. So 
as I, I discussed a few minutes ago, I'm going to minimize risk because I'm picking first this week. I would be completely dumb to not pick Brad Kozlowski this week. He's the favorite for the win. Um, with that, there's another piece of low-hanging fruit for you. Uh, but but Brad K's got to be my pick for the win this week. It's got to happen this week for that team. Yeah, I could not agree more. So uh, I'll, g- I'll give you the devil on that one most likely. But I think the next best option is obviously Ryan Blaney for the race winner. I think, um, I mean, he's finished runner-up at this track the last two races. He's got the wins here. He's just been so damn good on these style tracks his entire cup career. And uh, I think that he's somebody that's sitting below the cut line that knows this is his probably only shot to make the next round, the round of eight. And I would be uh, very surprised if he's not in that top five coming down to the uh, the down the back stretch, uh, the final lap at, at Talladega. <laughs> and then for my sleeper, I'm going to go with none other than Cal Naughton himself, Chase Briscoe. I just got a really good feeling about that team this week. Had a good gut feeling even before the Talladega Knights paint schemes were revealed. I just think that having that top 10 coming out of Texas is a big shot in the arm for them after what's been a really, really um, pretty awful season. So I think that uh, just playing into the Talladega Knights theme and coming off that top 10, it should be a really solid day for that 14 team. I got to say, this whole episode, my gut call was Kevin Harvick. It's still Kevin Harvick, but as I want to do something fun here, I want to do a little shake and bake. Because you picked Chase Briscoe, I'm going to pick Ryan Priest as my pick for the win, driving the Wonder Bread colors that Ricky Bobby is so famous for. So if you're going to pick Cal Naughton Jr., I'll pick I'll pick Ricky Bobby, Ricky Bobby, Ryan Priest, a guy we haven't even talked about. I haven't dug into the numbers on Ryan Priest, but you know those two drivers are going to be motivated more than ever to put up a good result this week. So let's get, get some fun with this. That's our sleepers uh, and our picks for the win. We went with the two most sure things and then the two most exciting drivers. So... This will be a really fun race. I always like to, uh, I feel like we say this a lot too, but anytime you're trying to get new fans into to NASCAR, uh, and especially in, in terms of betting, there's a lot of money to be made. And I feel like this is just such a great race to introduce people to if they have never watched NASCAR before. So invite some people over, you know, ha- have a great time watching the Yellowwood 500 this upcoming Sunday, October 1st at 2.05 p.m., the green flag. Uh, again, any Talladega race, going to be a blast, but especially the playoff Talladega race. Can't can't get enough of it. It's going to be really exciting. Cannot wait to see how it plays out. Uh, but but there's a lot of exciting stuff happening, and you can keep track of some of it on social media as well at the underscore money stop. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And, and Cola, I'll, I'll leave it to you on any parting words you'd like to leave us with. I'll throw an old school here. It is Talladega, so crack open a cold dew and enjoy. And don't forget to, uh, to bet Pretty hefty on your favorite going into this race because, again, you mentioned it. Um, there's a lot of money to be made. It is the last week of the season for big money to be made, and that all begins with uh, betting with your gut and, and betting big at Talladega. So enjoy this one again. And, check again, I want to just resurface another very important piece of betting. If you like a certain driver, look at all the sports books. Kevin Harvick, plus 2,500 DraftKings. He's plus 3,000 on BetMGM. So just maximize value. Look at your favorite drivers on all the different sports books. It's more important this week than any week. Anyhow, as I part you with those words of advice, uh, I feel like a lot of our analysis, Cole, on, on these drafting tracks is it's more of how different it is to bet at these kinds of races than it is at normal tracks, than it is like diving into numbers because everyone's going to have their own you know, drivers that th- they feel pretty good about. But it's more about how different it is and how to maximize uh, profit and minimize risk when you're going to a track like Talladega. So really good advice. That's going to drop the jack on this week's episode of The Money Stop, your most important NASCAR betting stop of the day. 
He's Cole Cusimano. I'm Stephen Cusimano. Want to thank you all so much for tuning in and stay posted at the underscore money stop on social media as next week we head to the Roval to end the round of 12 and head into the round of eight. But thank you all so much for tuning in. Hope to bank out this week and we will see you next time.